This is the sermon podcast of St. John's Episcopal Church in Brooklyn, New York. They're primarily by me, the Reverend Ben DeHart, but you'll hear from some of my good friends as well. We at St. John's exist to proclaim the good news of the gospel. So if you like what you hear, we'd love it if you join us in person. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m., and our beautiful church, located in Park Slope, is easy to get to from all over the city. We hope you'll stop by soon. And now, the sermon. Instead of my usual prayer that I pray, I'm going to re-pray the collect of the day. So if you want to turn there to follow along, it's right on the first page. Stir up your power, O Lord, and with great might come among us. And because we are sorely hindered by our sins and running the race set before us, let your bountiful grace and mercy speedily help and deliver us. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. When you hear the words, stir up your power, what comes to mind? When I was reflecting on this collect and the readings for this day, the very first thing that came to my mind was Bob Marley's Stir It Up, Little Darling, Stir It Up. After that, the second thing that I imagined was being at an NBA game. You know, when the announcer is trying to rile up the crowd and get them really into it. And because the arena is in the shape of an oval or a circle, when the crowd gets riled up, it's as if it's been stirred up. But more seriously, there are many parts of Scripture that sound like this, especially in the Psalms. Psalm 35 reads, Stir up thyself, and awake to my judgment, even unto my cause, my God, and my Lord. Similarly, not just in the Psalms, but throughout the Old Testament prophets, we hear the people of God crying out for him to remember them. And when you read texts like this that talk about remembering and stirring up, we've got to ask ourselves the question, does this mean that God has forgotten his people? Does this mean that God gets sleepy and needs to be awakened? Does this mean that God is busy off somewhere else and needs to be refocused? Well, I think you already know the answer. The answer is no. That's not what the authors nor the editors of our scriptures had in mind. When we hear the call for God to remember his people, to stir up his power, it is a call for God to take action. Lord, you have done these mighty things in Egypt. You have spoken to Abraham. Act again on our behalf right now. Why are we praying for God's power to be stirred up? Well, we might be praying for God to remember us or to act for all kinds of reasons. But according to this collect, we are asking God to act because we are sorely hindered by our sins. Sorely hindered by our sins. 
What we're supposed to read or to interpret when we read those lines is that contrary to what we hear in the media, we cannot simply lift ourselves up by our own bootstraps. We cannot, as the great Nike slogan tells us, just do it. The problems of the world and in our lives persist despite our best efforts. And sometimes because we have put no effort into it at all. We pray using, and the big word for this is anthropomorphic language, which just means we attribute human attributes to God. And we we talk like this to God because it rings true to our experience, to how we actually live our lives. When you and I are in a bad way, we're saying, Lord, I've gotten myself into a mess yet again. Stir up your power. Remember me. Act on my behalf. Now, part of the good news of this collect and this Sunday is that you and I are invited to pray with this kind of boldness. I think we Americans, we first world people, we don't pray the way oppressed people pray. We don't pray the way poor people pray, even though we need to. We emphasize that part of the Lord's Prayer that is, thy will be done. And of course, that is a very important part of praying, because sometimes we don't know what's best for us. But here and throughout Scripture, we also see another side of prayer. Speedily help and deliver me. Act now. Be true to who you say that you are. That's one part of the good news of this collect. But the second, the other part of the good news of this prayer is that it is resolutely against seeing the Christian life as a grueling test of the will. I think that when you and I think about the Christian life, far too often, the image that comes to mind is just that. It is a grueling test of the will. It is so very hard, and we are already so very tired, but we're told to press on and try harder. Well, a friend of mine is one of those people who runs marathons, and he told me that some of the marathons that he's run have been this grueling test of will. And when he hears that the Christian life is supposed to be perceived and experienced like that, he tells me that there is no less compelling vision for life, let alone Christian life, for our lives to be 26.2 miles of sheer agony. He has had, however, marathons where for one reason or another, it was joy for all of those miles. You saw it a couple months ago. People cheering you on. They're surrounding you, and it's like a three-hour victory lap. Now, my friend can run pretty quickly, so for me, it would be like four or five. But he said that there are times when the marathon, it's as if it's not hard at all. Now, he had to train for it, of course, and you would have to, too, but there are times when it is the most fun thing in the world. 
This is what our collect is getting at. When we are asking God to deliver us, to speedily come alongside us along this race, we are saying, Lord, we are tired. We're sorely hindered by our sins and by the world and by our jobs, but we are asking that you would run the race alongside us, that you would give us the water and the electrolytes so that the run is not this grueling test of the will, but a celebratory parade where for 26.2 miles of life, we have this great cloud of witnesses cheering us on, and we are enjoying every step of the way. Now, my friends, you and I have been on this wrong, long road of life for however we've been alive. What we're doing is we are praying that even though it's our race to run, that Christ would come alongside us, that Christ would feed us along the way. We are acknowledging that we can't just do it, that there are plenty of times where we want to throw in the towel. This prayer is reminding us that we don't have all the power in the world. That is why we are asking for outside help. That is why our prayer this Sunday and pretty much every day of our lives is remember us, stir up your power, act on our behalf and in our place, and may your bountiful grace and mercy speedily help and deliver us. When we stop praying, Lord, help me out just a little and start praying, good Lord, deliver me from the forces out there and the forces in here, that's when we begin to get it. The Christian life is not a grueling test of the will. The Christian life is our Lord coming alongside us and cheering us on every step of the way, both when it's really hard and when it's the most joyful thing in the world. So as we continue by celebrating communion and being fed with these electrolytes, let us keep this prayer in mind as we go through the tough slog of the Christmas season. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.